five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We fight for mail and marketing every day. Yep, we do. So I had a nice talk with Andrew Ettinger. Uh, he's joined the WDMA, and uh, I learned something. I learned something really important. I'm not going to share it, but we're going to have an interview one of these days with Andrew. And uh, and I'm just I'm such a huge fan as he's he's just doing the fundamentals in a, such a great way, uh, you know, as a printer but as a marketer, and he's integrated the two. And I really haven't seen many people do it. So I'm really proud of Andrew. Anyway, we'll get to him one of these days when he can find the time to do a call. We'll have a, it'll be it'll be groundbreaking. And I'm gonna he keeps doing these nutty commercials. I'm gonna do some of those also. But let's get over to Tom Fishburn. Decisions, decisions. Long-term brand building with no clear impact on sales or short-term performance marketing that devalues the brand. Okay, and he says that this is a false choice between brand and performance. I titled it between sales and brand. But I think it's, you know, I've seen it a lot. In, in a volatile business environment like this, there's often pressure to shift gears and budgets from long-term brand building to short-term performance marketing that drive quick sales. I recently reread Tom Roach's excellent 2020 essay called The Wrong and Short of It, which we're going to touch on just in a minute. Um, his piece goes after one of the classic false choices in marketing, a binary decision between short-termism and long-termism. <laughs> long-termism. Okay. As he puts it, short-termism and long-termism are both just wrong-termism. <laughs> so let's end that false choice between long- and short-term marketing tactics. Maximize the compound effects of getting them working together in harmony and start to close the value-destroying divide between brand and performance marketing. It's limiting marketing effectiveness brand growth when we've never needed them more. Okay, and Les Bennett says the addiction to the short-term is not a new phenomenon, but has gotten worse. One of the problems is that short-term activities, you get immediate feedback. Right? Responses, clicks, short-term sales. If you're a marketer who's spending money and nervous about what you're getting for your money, you can immediately see that this stuff pays back. Immediately see. It becomes easier and easier to see the short-term effects because we have more granular short-term we have more granular short-term data that comes through faster and faster. <clears throat> the real reason why business is becoming short-termist, it's not the quarterly reporting, it's not the short tenure of marketing, it's the data, which is a really interesting thing that you get an indictment of data. And I think there's a lot of truth in it. Okay, As many businesses panic and, shut and shift everything to door number two, this creates opportunities for marketers who can create elusive door number three, continuing to invest in both the long-term and the short-term in order to see a boost in both. I like how Tom Roach puts, his, puts this goal. Brands should be aiming to create long-term communications engineered for immediate success. And what's really interesting is that's exactly what I was trained to do in, from day one. From day one in my marketing training, Here's a here's a great example of it. Okay, here's a great example. Let's go to the big cam, the Bass Pro catalog. Okay, Fifth, celebrating 50 years 
Okay, 50 years, not that long in my lifetime. Okay, the world's leading supplier of premium fishing tackle. You know, all these images, if you look at them, are about the history of Bass Pro. Is that going to sell a fishing lure? No, probably not. Okay, it's long-term branding. And on the back, we have a special for, for fishing shirts, which I really like these fishing shirts. I need to get a couple of these, so I maybe should get that one right there. It would be great if there was a QR code to take me right to that shirt, to that item, because they're, because they're, they're whole. And, okay, so, so, and then, you know, here's more, more branding, branding. Now you say, well, well, yeah, sure. That's great when you have, here's the World's Fair fishing, World's Fishing Fair. That's great when you have 500 pages, but, you know, even well into the catalog, every page is telling you a story about the quality of the item, about why it'll help you catch more fish. Crappie catching starts here. Every page. And then, you know, what happens is in the ca the category starts out with a with a uh, introduction like that, and then it, it descends into the product. Okay? And so when I started, I mean, this is what, you know, I got a, a couple more catalogs laying here. I just lay them down. Direct marketing I was taught from day one to do both. You always want to be talking about your quality, your 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 company, why you have good customer service. You know, you always want to have a good guarantee. You want to make it easier, easy for people to order. All those things, none of them sell per se, right? I mean, they, they dovetail into the customer experience. But we always want to generate a response. That's the other thing with direct marketing. You always want to generate a, a, a response. Okay, give people a reason. There's always a reason built in to give us a call. It's never just brand. So, and it doesn't matter if it's a one-page flyer, a postcard. Both should be done. And that was one of the things that Andrew and I were talking about. We were talking about the difference in the way he helps. Mainly, he works in the home repair uh, space. You know, with HVAC or or lawn or or tree trimming or you know stuff around your house, and mostly they're they're taking a long-term view because today you probably don't need a tree cut down, you know, but you might if if a if a hurricane hits. And he was telling me about a guy that just does mail, does about twenty thousand pieces a month, just over and over and over and over, and when and when Sandy hit which was not even a hurricane, but, you know, it was full moon, so the tides were high, and that's why it pushed a lot of water into places that weren't used to it. Uh, it also blew down a lot of trees. And this guy, this guy's just always busy because he consistently markets for the long term. You know, and Andrew asked people when, when he starts with them, he says, you know, how many customers do you, do you have and how many bought in the last 12 months? And whatever that number, it shows you that not all of them are buying every year. And, you know, he says, well, what if we can get that number up? There's numbers that we've been working with for literally 100 years in direct marketing. And they can tell you the story, you know. Look at, look at how many customers come back, you know. What's the, what's the repeat order rate? Look at how many people, how long do they stay with you? You know, and all of those things are in the data. It's not just clicks. It's this obsession with clicks. It's not data per se, but the obsession with clicks. 
So anyway, let's go over to this other article. Uh, and this is Tom Roach. And like Tom Fishburne said, excellent, excellent article. The wrong and the short of it. What a great title too, right? And uh, and here's basically the idea. He, he I, I, I believe what he's trying to say is, is that you can have sales activation and brand building where you do a brand campaign and then you, and you keep going with some some couponing or some you know I you know I think I think this graph which I think was actually from Les Burnett uh, Les Burnett's um, paper that's also mentioned down in the article I think this idea that we run brand ads and we run response ads is the misguided part right it's the misguided part um, you need you you can do both in an ad, especially in mail. You can do both because you can because you've got the room to to maneuver. It's not a 15 second spot. So, given that, given that we have more like a two minute spot than we have a 15 second spot, it's not a one off. It's a like that. And there's great graphs. There's great insights into here. Just this equilibrium is great, where we where we have long-term growth, sustainable long-term growth, and you can find the balance in here, according to this. Uh, short-termists restrict the long-term growth their marketing can achieve, and long-termists restrict its short-term sales impact. You know, it's really the fundamentals. Get the get Bob Stone's book, what the fundamentals of direct marketing, and uh, there's really answers. To, to help you out and so I I'm gonna put this up in the show notes I'm not gonna cover it all because the style consultant says I need shorter shows um, but <laughs> here's one more article I wanted to get to today this is by my friend Deanne Campbell who did do an interview with us a while back and um, labor shortages are hitting grocers hard and self-checkout is not solving the problem and 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 I think actually she she actually contributed this photo I mean took the took the photo and I was looking for what store it was but she was careful to get to to not show me what store she's in probably it's on here someplace or something but if you notice there's one two three four five people shown there might be another one in here but five people shown and only one cart in the whole in the whole picture uh, this person doesn't seem to have a basket. This has a basket, but not much in it. This has a basket, like one item in it. So these are people trying to get out of the store. You know, run in, run out. You can tell they are. And they can't. They're in line here. And uh, why? The long lines were because of a very frequent issues. People scanning coupons, requires employee intervention, item without barcode, Requires employee intervention, I suppose, like fruit or something. They put them on apples. I don't like it because I've eaten a few of those accidentally. <laughs> Scan not working. Yeah, they've been pretty reliable. I got to say that part works. Wine purchases. And you probably heard me talk about how I always go check out. When I have the, when I have the wine and liquor, I go into the youngest checkout <laughs> clerk. Say, are you old enough to check me out? Or I go to the older, oldest one. <laughs> uh, luckily, there's enough turnover that I usually get a laugh. But anyway, uh, all this, you know, I, I noticed after I read Deanne's 
article, I noticed that I needed I needed intervention almost every time I do it, even though I'm a lot better than I used to be. And I remember going to Aldi. She mentions how long before people just go to Aldi and Publix uh, because they check out Aldi. Those that the, that checkout gal that I saw just was swinging stuff across the scanner. They are the fastest I've ever seen. Just amazing. And uh, boy, I mean, they've got like it. I don't know. And and then you bag your own. So there's nobody slowing it down by bagging it because that takes longer time. And they've got all these benches or countertops after the checkout so that you can bag it up appropriately. But basically, they're taking it from the shopping cart, throwing it across the scanner and into another shopping cart. So you have the, the same receptacle as you're emptying out instead of emptying the big one into little ones, which makes no sense when you think about it. And uh, there you go. Wonderful. And so Deanne says, the customer journey, you can do everything right through the customer journey, but it's their last experience that shoppers will remember most. Staffing your checkouts, even self-checkouts, is the single most important role in the store. Okay? This critical role, this critical role, treat this critical role as a top priority. It is, and you'll have an easier time keeping it staffed and significantly shorten the wait times to send happier shoppers home with bigger baskets. And that's really why I quit going to Sam's Club because there were as many people in line to check out as there were people in the store almost. Uh, it just was always, I always wanted just one or two items. I My office used to be right next to a Sam's Club, or I mean, not quite walking distance, but probably walking distance. And I, I go in there for the... For, for lunch and we walk around and get the free samples and uh but you know you get one item and you stand in line for 15 minutes it's just we gave up i also moved my office so then it wasn't so close but the main reason i don't go to those those stores is because the checkout is i mean it's a long walk to shop but it's also a long standing in line and waiting for something to happen have a great day like and share your friends will know you're smart and don't forget to subscribe over at WDMA. You can also subscribe on YouTube uh, and then you get better alerts, it seems like. You'll always get an alert if you click the little bell. So uh, go over there and subscribe and you can get the show notes. It's worth it just for the, 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 the wrong and short of it. Great, great article. Bye-bye.